Take a look back at some of the biggest hits of the 1960s and songs like My Girl, Ain't No Mountain High Enough and Sitting on the Dock of the Bay might come to mind. These timeless classics not only represent a golden age of soul and R&B music, but they also tell the story of Motown and Stax, two record labels that were paving the way for black music during the civil rights movement. Author Mark Anthony Neal says these two companies played a pivotal role in shaping the way black art was accepted by white Americans. You know, soul music is really the context in which white America is introduced to the black church tradition, at least as it's represented in gospel music at that period of time. Neal is the James B. Duke Distinguished Professor of African American Studies at Duke University and has authored several books on African-American popular culture and music. Much of his work focuses on how soul music was a key part of the civil rights movement. He adds that many soul artists gained inspiration from black gospel music. In the way that the civil rights movement was promoted to white America as a movement around morality, high values, integration, right, all these kinds of things, the black church was the perfect conduit for that message, right? It's the same message that Martin Luther King is drawing from in his own message towards, you know, liberation and integration in that particular moment. As African Americans moved to cities like Detroit, Chicago, New York, and Philadelphia during the Great Migration, these places became hotspots for soul music as the genre began to grow. Motown was started in 1959 by Barry Gordy, a former automobile worker who saw the value of local musicians around Detroit. He described his record label as the sound of young America, right? He was making black music that would cross over to white audiences. And given his own experiences in the automobile industry, he understood intimately how to create music that folks would want to listen to in their cars. And, and Motown was essentially that in the 1960s. In just a few years, Gordy assembled an all-star roster of talent, including Smokey Robinson and the Miracles, Diana Ross, and the Supremes. The label's radio-centric songs with upbeat, catchy melodies soared to the top of the charts for both black and white audiences. This was unprecedented in a music industry that was, at the time, dominated by white artists. You know, Barry Gordy understood how to both write and produce, along with all those wonderful producers, Holland Dozen Holland, you know, Smokey Robinson, Norman Whitfield later in the 1960s, who knew how to make pop songs. <laughs> um, and there was something to be said about white America allowing these young black folks into their living rooms, into their cars, on the Ed Sullivan show. The Supremes, you know, appear on Ed Sullivan nine times between 1963 and 1972. In 73, you know, when Ed Sullivan shutters the show, it was an attempt to really speak to the humanity of black folks. Motown reached new heights in the 1960s thanks to artists like Marvin Gaye, Stevie Wonder, and even a young Michael Jackson with the Jackson 5. But while Gordy's polished Motown sound dominated the airways, Another label in Memphis, Stax Records, was creating a distinctively Southern brand of soul. Stax is a little different, obviously being founded in the South. It was founded by a white brother and sister who were interested in kind of blues music. They began to launch their label also late 50s, early 1960s. One of the most important signees for them was the house band. 
Booker T and the MGs. Booker T Jones himself was only 17 years old when they first got started, but they really were the foundations and the roots of what we think of as Southern soul. You know, Booker T and the MGs is a fascinating example because it's a multiracial band. And so the idea that you had a label that was founded by two white folks, Al Bell would eventually buy them out, that the most, you know, the sound makers, right, the producers, right, are largely multiracial. You know, it became a kind of metaphor for the ways in which black and white folks could work during the Civil Rights Movement, right? Along with Booker T. and the MGs, the Stax roster included soul icons like Carla Thomas, Sam and Dave, and Otis Redding. These artists drew from Southern blues, gospel, and funk, and drew audiences with their raw and emotional performances. Just like Motown in Detroit, the music of Stax became the sound of Memphis, especially through hard times. Everyone knows that, unfortunately, there was a traumatic event that happened here in the late 60s involving a great man, you know, by the name of Martin Luther King Jr. That's Isaac Daniel, the executive director of Stax Music Academy, a nonprofit after school and summer music institute in Memphis that carries on the legacy of the label. He says that in the wake of Dr. King's assassination in 1968, the music of Stax brought the community together. As soul progressed into the 1970s, it became more socially conscious and began to push more boundaries. Motown began to experiment with new, more progressive genres. Stax faced a number of financial challenges, ultimately closing its doors in 1975. But the label has since been revived by the Soulsville Foundation, a Memphis nonprofit that also oversees the Stax Music Academy. The Soulsville Foundation has been integral in developing our community, being community partners for the Soulsville community, providing opportunities for young people of color, also about uplifting and building and using music for, you know, mental awareness and health awareness, things of that nature, and just giving opportunities for kids to grow. Daniel says Stax Music Academy teaches students every aspect of the music industry, from songwriting to performance, and even business topics like production and marketing. This year, in honor of Black History Month, Stax Music Academy is continuing the legacy of soul music by presenting a live theater show, Stax Meets Motown. Stax Meets Motown is basically, it is a Black History Month show that we put together with the intent of educating the youth on music, the wonderful music that was created by Motown and the wonderful music that was created by Stax Records. The lasting legacies of Stax and Motown can be heard through the music we listen to today. Popular genres now, like hip-hop and R&B, have largely borrowed and adapted from soul music of the past. The songs of Motown and Stax can now be heard as samples in rap songs, created by artists like Jay-Z and Kendrick Lamar. If you're interested in hearing some of the iconic soul hits of the 1960s and 70s, Daniel says through September, listeners can stream Stax Meets Motown by visiting staxmusicacademy.org. To find out more about Motown, Stax, the Soulsville Foundation, the Stax Music Academy, and our guests, Mark Anthony Neal and Isaac Daniel, head to viewpointsradio.org. This segment was written by our associate producer, Tabor Brewster. Our executive producer is Amira Zaveri. Our studio manager is Jason Dickey. I'm Marty Peterson.
coming up next week. I cornered James in the hall and asked, was there a time when you really needed me? And I didn't come because I was working. A high-profile journalist shares her story balancing motherhood with a demanding career. Then... Why would somebody who is a better actor or a better speaker be safer than somebody who is inarticulate? The hit-or-miss subjective nature of parole board hearings. I'm Marty Peterson. And I'm Gary Price. These stories in-depth on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints. That's Viewpoints for this week. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to learn more about upcoming shows. And find a library of past programs on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Plus, you'll always find previous segments and more information about our guests at viewpointsradio.org. Join us again next week for another edition of Viewpoints. Viewpoints.